Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Remain standing, take your Bibles, and turn to Isaiah chapter 27. And we will read three verses, the first three verses. Then we'll go to Psalm 74, reading verses 12 through 17. Then we'll go back to Isaiah. And we'll start in the book of Genesis and read all the way to the book of Revelation this morning. Okay, Isaiah chapter 27. Let's read the word of the Lord, New King James Version. In that day, the Lord, with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, that twisted serpent. And he will slay that reptile that is in the sea. In that day, sing to her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, keep it. I water it every moment, lest any hurt it. And I keep it night and day. Go, uh, since we're in Isaiah, why don't you go to Isaiah 51, and then we'll go to the Psalms. Isaiah 51. And if you would find verse 9. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in ancient of days and generations of old. You're the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded that serpent. You're the one who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, that made the depths of the sea a road. For the redeemed to cross over, verse 11, so the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Go to the Psalms. And uh, Psalm 74 Final verse, and then we'll be seated. Psalm 74. If you're all there, say, woo. All right, 74. You guys are faster than me. Psalm 74 and verse 12. For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength, you broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Lephiathan in pieces and gave him as food for the people inhabiting the wilderness. You broke open the fountain of the flood and dried up mighty waters. The day is yours, the night also is yours. You have prepared the light and the sun. You have set the borders of the earth, and you have made summer and winter. Let's pray. Father, move in power as we look at this um, fascinating passages of Scripture. I pray and ask that you would equip the church this morning, in the moments that remain in this service, that we would have living understanding, that we would be changed. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. You may be seated. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it talks about spiritual warfare. It talks about a war that's taking place. And we have been doing a series in spiritual warfare. We're in the midst of really two different series, spiritual warfare and healing our forgotten birthright. So we're in the midst of two different series. I moved the spiritual warfare series to Sunday morning in hopes that you would be equipped to the next level to be able to overcome all that is headed your way now in your life now or maybe in the future or maybe to understand what's happened even in the past. You have to be equipped if you're going to conquer, if you're going to win, if you're going to walk in the victory that Jesus has purchased for you, you have to get the word of the Lord and understand it. You have to grow in the knowledge of God. It takes an anointing from the Holy One to, be, to move into truth and to be mightily used by God. God has an amazing plan for you. I want you to say that. God has an amazing plan for me and my family. And um, I think the other reason I've chosen the series is because there's so much um, pablum, would that be a good word? Milk, how about that? Here's the thing. My job as a pastor, as a preacher, is to bring the word to you, but I, I, to dizzy you with my intellect, first of all, I don't know that that would be possible. My job is to bring the word to you and make it plain so you can take that thing and use it to change your life, to change your world. I mean, I, I enjoy hearing, you know, facts and details and history and and studying Greek and Hebrew words, but at the end of the day, when you leave the service, if you can't remember what was taught to you, I mean, what was the point? What was the point? That you learned some Hebrew and Greek, and then you forget it in a week, and then you're no, you're no better off. I want to give you something today that, that is not preached, really. And uh, spiritual warfare has become passe in many circles. You know, well, that's down. that was the 90s, you know. No, it's not the 90s. It's just an aspect of the kingdom of God. The apostle Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That is quite a verse of scripture. So in other words, your battle, my battle, our battle has nothing to do with the actual government. Has nothing to do with the, with the, 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 the you know, your ex-wife, your ex-husband. It has nothing to do with your neighbor or that guy or that woman at the job that really irritates you. It has nothing to do with that. The obstacles and the challenge, the battle that is before us takes place in the heavenlies. It ta- what are the heavenlies? Well, there's three heavens. Everybody say that. There's three heavens. The first heaven, for definition's sake, and you might not have heard it this way. There's a couple different definitions of how to explain the heavens and the heavenlies, but uh, this is certainly one. And all of them have a commonality and, and truth, but it's all semantics, really. The first heaven is where we are right now. I mean, what you can see with your naturalized first heaven. The second heaven, or the heavenlies, is the place where the battle is. Angels, demons, warfare. The third heaven, there is no battle there. That's the place of God's throne. So this is talking about, in Ephesians, is talking about, we don't, you don't wrestle against your ex-wife, your ex-husband. Can I just say it that way? You don't wrestle against something that, that you can see with your natural eye. 
but you wrestle against rulers, and it goes on to give a hierarchy. Anybody in, in the military, there's, there's different ranks, am I right? And uh, I, I don't know, I was looking at all the ranks, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, that's just like officers, and there's warrant officers, and then there's, there's in, you know, enlisted, I'm like sergeant, first sergeant, I mean, it was just like confusing. But there's a hierarchy. And, the, and the, over all the army, who's the guy that it's a five-star general over the whole army, right? Am I right? Four-star general, yes. So, you know, he's obviously not the guy in the trench. Okay, so that might be the master strategist along with his team to figure out what's the next move in the battle. What's the, you know, looking over the earth and figuring out where we need to be to protect America's interests, Right? This is talking about Ephesians 6, and I, I, I haven't quite said it like this, and I'm going to get into this Leviathan thing, but I had a dream last night that I shared this part, so somebody must need to hear it. There's a hierarchy of the demonic, and it is an organized structure of darkness, not unlike our army's structure, not that the army's dark. I'm saying the structure, the hierarchy is organized. There's organized evil with Satan as the, the five-star general or whatever it would be. Do, do you understand? So when it goes through this list and it talks about rulers against authorities, against cosmic power, it's talking about a hierarchy of the demonic. If you go to Daniel chapter 10, you'll see that Daniel fasted and prayed for three full weeks. He had no sweets and no meats and he didn't, you know, he didn't put oils on. He fasted and prayed for 21 days, which we'll be doing in January. We do it every January. And he fasted and prayed for revelation and understanding. And when the angel finally comes, the angel says to him, the angel says, your words were heard from the first day you set your heart to gain understanding. But the prince of Persia came and delayed me 21 days. The prince of Persia is a principality. There are ruling principalities in areas. And one of them, I believe, to be Leviathan. Now, that's just for definition's sake. We're going to break it down and look at it here. All right, write in your notes. And uh, if I lose you in the first part, I'm going to make it plain by the end. I intend to preach from the shallow end of the pool all the way to the deep end. So, uh, but we can go so deep that you drowned. In ancient culture, write in your notes. In ancient culture, Babylonian, Hittite, Ugaritic, there was this, uh, there, there's false religion, of course. And uh, Leviathan is also named Lothan, Tiamat, Rahab. We read Rahab in one of the sections there of Scripture. They're all associated together, and they're associated together as a, picture of, as a picture of evil, as a picture of moral evil. It's really a manifestation of Satan, but, but if you look at the text, which we're going to do, they have, they have uh, an agreement with them that gives us a depth of understanding of what a spirit of Leviathan is, a Leviathan spirit. During the Middle Ages, a Leviathan was a power believed to be behind one of the seven deadly sins, the sin of envy. The writing of Thomas Aquinas, who associates this creature with envy, calls it a demon, is what he calls it. 
the demon Leviathan. Some say, well, it's a principality. I don't know if it's a principality. I don't know if it's a ruler. I just know I ain't going to be under the control of that thing. Somebody say amen. Connected really to every, you can look up the seven deadly sins and gluttony. That's the one we like to ignore, especially at this time of the year. What the text, <laughs> you know, I need to say this. As I studied this, all these different ancient mythological demon creatures that were worshipped by ancient cultures, you know what's fascinating to me? Say, you know what? I looked, I sent a, a picture to our media department. I'm not sure they got it. Uh, and it's a picture of uh, this, there it is. This is a picture, one of the pictures of Leviathan. Uh, it was an art, artwork done in 1865. And you can see the sword, the angel of the Lord coming down to slay Leviathan. So I looked for other pictures, Tiamat and, uh, and Lothan. And you know what I discovered? They're all characters in video games that many of your kids play. <laughs> I just thought, is that by Dink? I don't think so. Uh, that would be a funny way of saying coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's actually by design. And it's you know, the God of chaos is, is really what it's about. All right, what do these texts tell us about Leviathan? Are you ready? You ready? Leviathan is associated with Egypt. All of them talk basically about Egypt. And when you look at the terms as from a pure spiritual perspective, you can go look at Ezekiel 29, 3 through 6. I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You're, you're, you great monster lying among the streams. And he begins to talk about Leviathan. Ezekiel 29 there, 1 through 5, is talking about uh, prosperity and commerce in Egypt. When you talk about and we look at the scripture and you see how they, they split the sea and in doing so, Leviathan was killed. It's talking about Egypt. So if Leviathan is related to or likened to Egypt, please follow me, then you look at what was some of the qualities about Egypt that Leviathan is likened to and you'll begin to define what a Leviathan spirit is. And he said, well, what does that have to do with us? I'm not, you know, we're not Ugaritic and, or Hittite. We're, we're in the United States of America. Well, I'm glad you're in the United States of America. This thing's well alive and operating, and it needs to be broken. The root word of Leviathan means to twist. The Hebrew word is laud, which means to literally twist. A serpent is a, is a twisted creature. And what's interesting is that when you look at Egypt, you see how things were twisted by Pharaoh. When he said yes, he meant no. When he said no, he meant yes. And that's one of the character qualities of a Leviathan spirit. No, I didn't say that. I've heard that. I've seen it in marriages. I've seen it where the, 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 the wife said, you said da-da-da-da. And he didn't say that, but she heard it that way. It, it, it's kind of, and I've seen it when, I'm, when I was preaching. You know, I'm preaching and it twists. I said, I've had come, people come to me and say, I can't believe you said that. I said, what did I say? And they said, they told me what I said. I said, I didn't say that. And they said, no, yes, you did. I said, well, let's just go look at the recording. You know, we didn't. I didn't say that. You go back and look at it and realize, well, that's not what happened. I've seen it in relationships. I've seen it in marriages. 
twisting when people speak. Leviathan, the basic, the basic work of Leviathan is tied to Egypt. And Leviathan speaks, uh, seeks to keep people in bondage. That's what Egypt tried to do. In fact, if you look at, at some of the, the crowns of the pharaohs, it has, a, it has a serpent on it. So what did Egypt do to Israel? Well, false hope. Egypt constantly tr- would say one thing and try to bring hope, but it was no hope over and over to Egypt. Egypt to Israel. Tried to keep people from worship. Pharaoh didn't want them to go and worship. Moses trying to bring them. Tried. This spirit will try to keep you from worship, try to keep you from church. It promoted an inferiority complex. That's why the, that's why the Israelites would say, we just want to go back and eat garlic and leeks. They just did, didn't feel secure in the Lord, didn't feel like God could do it for them. They just wanted to return to Egypt. Couldn't grasp the wonder of God's plan. And, and some of you in, in your hearing today can't grasp the wonder of God's plan about how he could provide for you, how he can heal your marriage, how he can heal your, your children, how he can provide for you. So as a result, you keep you know, one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. And then you don't really wholeheartedly give your life to the Lord and you have this constant inferiority that he can't provide for you. There's a constant stress on I need. And I think, you know, medieval scholars related envy to a spirit of Leviathan, a demon spirit called Leviathan connected to envy. And I think that's where they got this. This is a if your life revolves around what you need, you will have a miserable life. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about seeking first his kingdom. And if you seek first the kingdom of God, he does what? He adds all things. And you can get all tied up and, oh, I got to have. Yeah, no, you, you got to have a relationship with Jesus and he'll provide for everything for you. Your life can't revolve around your need or you'll be in slavery all of your life. So if you're constantly saying, I need, um, you better break that. You better break that. All right, how do we defeat Leviathan? A uh, number of scriptures, but right in the text in, in Isaiah, also in Psalm 149, Psalm 74, praise the Lord for what he's done. How do you overcome this, these, these things? Praise God. Learn to praise God. Learn to rejoice. No matter what you're going through, Consider it all joy when you face these various trials. God's working things out. He's going to work it for good, Romans 8. God's going to turn everything for good. And so you might as well just start praising him now. Don't let your emotions control you. It took me forever to learn this. Oh, man, I was like, you know, you could ask my family and um, maybe Pastor Karen in our early years, but I'm more mature now. I used to just be led around by my emotions. I mean, one minute I'm up, the next minute I'm down. It was just like a roller coaster. God knows what you were going to get with, with me. I'm, I'm so glad that I don't live that way anymore. And Pastor Karen said, amen. Don't, don't live by your emotions. Don't allow your circumstances to rob you of what real life is. Be a worshiper. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Come on, thank God for what he's done. Secondly, claim his promises in prayer. Isaiah 51, 9, awake, awake, O arm of the Lord, close yourself in strength. This is a priest praying. Awake as in days gone by and generations of old. 
Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces? When you're facing difficulty, give yourself to prayer and, and, and let it just break off. Let it break off the despondency and the, and, and the, the I need and the, 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 the sorrow. Focus on him. Come let us magnify the Lord. You know what that means? That means, come on, lift him up and make him bigger than whatever your problem is and your mountains will become molehills and God will bring you right through the other side. Learn to praise God for what he's done. Next, guard your tongue. Watch your mouth. Everybody say, watch your mouth. The book of James has a number of things that talks about, uh, about your tongue. And uh, I want to read James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become leaders, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Nice. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. How many of you ever heard that term, loose lips sink ships? Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's a biblical thought. When we put bits into the mouths of horses, verse 3, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Well, they are large, they're driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course, it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And is itself on fire by hell. My God. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. Goes on to say, verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. We who are made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth you praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You need to learn to guard your mouth and speak life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you want to say that you're never going to make it, you're right. Or you can speak life that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can overcome. God's going to provide. I will tell you with our building project, I've walked back and forth, you know, on that, on that ground before we ever had any concrete. Praying, thank you, God, there's concrete. I remember standing on the, you know, and there was no concrete and there was no money for concrete. You know what I'm talking about? Was never anything that we needed right when we needed, when we needed it, it came. But before that, it's faith. You're making a declaration. Some of you are declaring hellfire in your life. That's it. That's the last time. You know something? I've been thinking about divorce. You should shut your mouth. We never say it in our family because it's a curse. You're cursing yourself. Some of you have cursed your kids. Let's just have a praise break for a second. Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? You're going to overcome this assignment of darkness. You've got to learn to speak life. You've got to learn to praise the Lord. 
And uh, James also talks about humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's James 4.10. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. This twisting of words. And, and please understand, um, if, you'll just, if you'll just do the principles of God's word, he'll release the blessings in your life. You might be like, now what was the name of that spirit again? Because if we don't know that, stop that. that, 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 that that's nonsense. You have to say Yeshua, not Jesus. No, you don't. It's not magic. It's the character of God and, and the power of God. So just because you don't remember Leviathan doesn't mean you can't take authority over it. And you say, well, that, that's a Leviathan. I don't think we have to be all like, know all the names. If we'll just do the word, the principles of the word, then God's power will be manifested. And being, you know, being... Steady in your communication. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Anything else comes from the evil one. There's so many double-minded and twisting of words out there. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We did that yesterday. Called and spoke to Donnie. He told me the story. I started weeping. Everybody's out. Everybody's out, Pastor. Everybody's out. The house is gone. Everything's gone, but everybody's alive. We're like, yes, God. Who's weeping. You know, and then we can think about the house and, you know, there's a silver lining. I mean, you get an all-new wardrobe. Dog made it out. Come on, somebody. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. You know, sometimes when people get blessed, I've, I've seen people just not so happy about it. I'm like, oh. You know, in their mind, they're saying, where's my blessing? <laughs> Somebody gets blessed, you can't rejoice with them. You better correct that. Huh. How come he's got such a fine wife? How come he got such a, how come she got such a great husband? How come they got such a nice husband? Oh, stop. Serve God with all your heart and work hard. Do the best you can. Be a tither, be a giver. Don't be a double-minded knucklehead led by your emotions everywhere. That was a good amen. Where'd that come from over there? All right. Commit yourself to worship. The Spirit tries to keep people from worship. They're really just aspects of the devil, that's all. Really. The devil would love to keep you out of church. He'd love to keep you in fear. He'd love to keep you in a place of bondage. God wants to part the Red Sea, wants to bring you through, wants to put his blessing upon your life. And so let your yes be yes, your no be no. Be somebody that elevates the Lord. Walk in humility. Learn that when things are happening, it doesn't necessarily mean it's your ex-wife or your ex-husband or your husband or your, or your wife or your kids. We were not against flesh and blood. Understand there's powers at work that want to hinder the kingdom of God. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's also toothless for those who are submitted to God's hand and God's word. The toothless lion. Little pussycat. Meow. <laughs> Would you lift your hands all across this place? Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence.
touch and encourage and strengthen each one here. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning, perhaps in Dillingham in Oklahoma, South Carolina, if you're, if you're online, you're listening by podcast in the future, you're here in the sanctuary, you want to give your heart to Jesus. For God so loved the world, as I said, during our time of the tithe, that he gave his only begotten son. There's only one way to make it to heaven. It's not, you can't earn it. You can surrender your whole body to the flames. It'll mean nothing. You'll be utterly scorned. The only way that you can have your sins forgiven is by receiving God's payment for your sins. His payment for your sins is Christ Jesus, the Lord, who came, who stepped out of eternity into time, in space, who walked the earth for 33 and a half years, took the sin of the world upon himself, and all who believe on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. The only way you're made a child of God is by repenting and believing on the Lord Jesus. There is only one way, just one. And if you've never done that, in the closing moments now, you've never done that, you've never given your life to Jesus, and you want to do that today for the first time, or perhaps you want to recommit your life to him because you're not as on fire as you used to be. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus first time, you want to recommit your life to him, to have all your sins washed away, to make heaven your home when you, when you die, to have life and life abundant now, right now, to have a blessed life now, to have peace now. That's you. On the count of three, those online, those here, you want to give your life to Christ for the first time or recommitment. Or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you all the way in the back. God bless you. God bless you, son. God bless you. Praise God. Would you pray this prayer right where you are? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. And make me new. I repent for all of my wrongs. I ask you to forgive me again. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Father, I pray now for these, I prayed that, and for all those under the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, come, touch, heal, fill every single person right now. Holy Spirit, come and release fresh baptism, fresh fire, Lord, upon each and every one. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you just lift your hands for a moment? I didn't preach long to you. It's 12 minutes after 10. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit touch you. Would you lead us in a chorus or so? Oh, I won't let the rocks cry out in my place. We bless you. We praise you. Come on, praise the Lord. Oh, I won't let. 
Justin Fletcher. You're here. You're just stand up on your feet, right where you're at. You're good, right there. The Lord is uh, going to do remarkable things for you in these next um, few months. There's been an assignment upon your your thought life, and even in the way in which you learn. And the enemy's whispered to you things that are not true. Part of you has wanted to come into agreement because there's some evidence, you know. But if you will seek first the kingdom and his righteousness at the next level, I'm not saying you're not now. The Lord is going to touch your mind. The enemy's working overtime to put upon you inferiority, to put upon you a, a sense of that you don't belong. And I break that thing today. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you touch this fine young man. We speak life. We speak strength. We break the assignment of the enemy that would try to bring even a confusion. Next few months, as you, as you if you, will go after the Lord, you'll find a joy will enter into your heart and a strength will come upon you as never before. You're really wondering about what to do with your life and which way to go and all of that will be made clear. It'll be made clear. There's The enemy's tried to make it bigger thing than it is and tried to get you to concern. What am I going to do? How am I going to make a living? What am I? The Lord's going to bring a peace and he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. And these are the prayers prayers that your mom's been praying. You'll find yourself walking in a new dimension of strength and joy. Come on, brother Toby, lead us.
Lord, thank you for what you've done today. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't miss tonight. Got a great word to preach to you. Leaders, you know who you are. Five o'clock in the generation room. If you haven't signed up for the women's Christmas tea, first of all, you have to be a woman or a girl from four and up. And then uh, you can register and be a part of that. It's going to be amazing. It's almost full. It will fill. It's, it's almost full already. God bless you. We love you. Hope to see you tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this.